the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What makes Rose Cleaners the best in dry cleaning? They do my laundry the way I like it. The wonderful customer service. Personal quality. I have some things I like done with my clothes that I ask for, and it's always done. They do good work. I just love Rose Cleaners. Very excellent customer service, and uh, they've made me very happy since I've been here. They've got friendly employees when you walk in, and um, they haven't lost any of my clothes in 19 years. Rose Cleaners, serving San Antonio for over 20 years. And now a word from one of our Bible Live sponsors. Our company is so proud and excited to sponsor the Bible Live. As a businessman, I have to make decisions every day about how to best invest time, personnel, and resources for the best return and results. The scriptures say there are two things on earth that will last forever, God's word and the souls of people. It's my hope that you, your family, your church, and perhaps even your business will pray about giving a tax-deductible donation to the Bible Live at this time. Together, let's expand this historic broadcast of the scriptures to other cities across our nation, a sound investment for both time and eternity. You can donate by credit card at the Bible Live website www.thebiblelive.com or mail your check for the Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888 That's P.O. Box 18888 San Antonio, Texas 78218 Hi, I'm Eric Galindo Training Director for the FSI Training School For individuals and businesses we offer certification courses in CPR and First Aid through the American Heart Association and also the Vehicle Safety Inspector course for the Texas Department of Public Safety. Courses are available every week for your convenience. Call me, Eric, at 210-314-2615. That's 210-314-2615. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers, and you win. It's just that simple. Get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. Thank you for joining us tonight. For The Bible Live broadcast this evening, Jacob is back in the house. Uh, Hello, everybody. Thrilled about that. Missed you. Missed you last week. We bumbled along and uh, and kind of made it through the two hours, but I mean the hour and a half. But uh, where's my bell? I was trying to ring a bell in your honor, but I don't uh, see my bell here. Does up the on name the... Quasimoto mean anything Quasimoto, to you? Quasimoto, Quasimoto, Quasimoto. Was Quasimoto the guy in uh, uh, 
Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yes. And was he, he really? He was, yes, and his guy rang the bell, you see. Ah, where's Quasimodo when I need him? I, don't, I can't find the bell. I don't need him to ring the bell. I just, maybe John will solve my problem for you. You don't see it over there, do you? Anyway. Uh, no. Well, tonight we are at one of my favorite books. Uh, the book of Daniel is our focus tonight. That's we, one of your favorite books? I really like it. I like, I like the person, for one. Just an amazing individual. And you know, he what, ate kosher, you know. What an, yeah, I know. I know that. Uh, which makes him all the more amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, what, I guess what I'm trying to say, he, uh, he just lived it. You know, he lived it out, Jacob. I mean, it seems like from the time he was a young person and taken, he had some terrible things happen to him in his life. And uh, he and, and uh, these three other young men uh, we know as Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, those are, I know his Babylonian names, but I never do remember exactly the Hebrew names. Shehel, Haniah, and. Uh, thank you. Stephen uh, starts with A. Okay. <laughs> Uh yeah, you'll get it. You'll remember it. Yeah. But uh, anyway, but 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 Daniel seems to be, uh, they're they're very talented. They're very gifted. They're uh, he is in the is Daniel also part of the royal family? Was he in the Davidic line? And all of those, fellows, I thought so. They're all from the house of Judah. Okay. Now, if you want to get all uh, mystical, we can say, isn't it odd? That all, all they took over all these princes from the tribe of Judah and castrated them because they're all castrated, uh-huh. and so they can't have children, so they couldn't reproduce. Which a Christian point of view might suggest, oh, they're trying to stop the Messiah from coming. Oh, that would be definitely a, a Christian view, of course. Uh, 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 was this uh-huh. hmm, was that a common thing that the Babylonians did to princes and the royalty of other nations? Did they try to cut off their the royal lineage or any Boy, did you idea? clean that one up? Um, yeah, they... Uh, yes, <laughs> they um, well, I wasn't intentional. Uh-huh, no, of course not. Um, I am not on Nebuchadnezzar's defense attorney. Uh-huh. Defense well, team. at any rate, but uh, yeah, no, um, yes, they would they would castrate people because they're, they became, uh, as uh, Aristotle said, an anima- animated tool well. because that's all they were. All right. Well, then uh, we we have that. We're going to finish up, though. I, I don't want to give short shrift at all to the last uh, seven chapters of Ezekiel. Oh, you should not, because there's something very the, important here. Okay, I'm glad to hear that, and uh, I'm sure you're going to be able to um, liven the discussion and in, uh, inform us. So I, I've been saying all along that a couple of things that I have not really quite grasped yet You've helped me a little bit with the idea of the uh, temple, this temple, this new temple that Ezekiel envisions, uh, very different from the, the Solomonic temple or from the uh, rebuilt temple there uh, after the uh, Babylonian destruction. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but it, different in important ways, and uh, whether it's symbolic or meant to be a real pattern or a real design for a third temple or for the temple in eternity or something like that. I don't know. And you can talk about that, but also this uh, redistribution of the land, the way the uh, land of Israel, as our listeners will remember, I hope you remember this folks that uh, when Joshua led the people into Israel, into the, um, into the promised land, there were some years of battle. uh, And as they occupied the promised land, and it was uh, parceled out or distributed to the various 
tribes of Israel according to uh, a long or, or understood plan uh, that God had given that the, the different tribes had the different uh, uh, distribution, different allotment of land in the, in the uh, uh, land of Israel. And then now we have in Ezekiel, this uh, it's it totally uh, changed, and the tribes still have allotments of land, but they are they're kind of all in 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 horizontal bands across the uh, across, right? Isn't that right way it is, Jacob? It, you have one tribe all the way across from one from east to west, and it comes down and and so on. It, if I remember correctly, that's the design of it, uh, but, but very different from the uh, actual design when they when when the people of Israel. Uh, after they had conquered uh, the promised land, so we can um, we can talk about that. What is its significance? What does it mean? Uh, I'm I'm sure that, or, or is there is it more than just symbolic? Is there something uh, prophetic about it that that's the way it's going to be reorganized or so on? So we can talk about Ezekiel. Then we get into the first nine chapters of this remarkable individual called Daniel. The first six chapters of the book there. There are 12 chapters. The first six back chapters uh, talk just simply about Daniel, about this amazing individual, his life. He had he had to be remarkably, uh, extremely high intelligence, uh, wouldn't you say, Jacob? Oh, sure. <coughs> Absolutely. His language learning capabilities, I'm sure he dominated the, the languages that he was involved with. He reigned, not reigned, he uh, was... Uh, what we call Secretary of State? What what official title would you give him? Uh, would you like to know what he really was? Yes, what was he? Well, he actually, yes, he obviously was a very intelligent guy. Of course, as they say, they were all castrated. And uh, they all came from the tribe of Judah. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they if they were not successful in learning the Babylonian history, language, etc., even medicine, whatever, uh, then they would be done in or be sent to some other aspect of slavery. So these are the guys that were successful, the cream of the crop, you might say. And uh, actually, what's fascinating is his job. Yes. You're, you're familiar. You're going to come up with a job title here. Pretty I soon, am. Sure. Okay. And who he became, it actually comes up a little bit later in Daniel, so it's not in tonight's portion. But <clears throat> what's fascinating is he became what you would call the top magi of Babylon. Uh-huh. And how do you pronounce that in English? The magi. Magi. Magicians. Ah. <laughs> now, well, he, well, they weren't I just know, magicians. It's kind of but what I'm saying is, he wasn't just one of the regular guys. He was the man. And so, we have to ask ourselves, how did he know that did you know Daniel talks about a star will proclaim uh, somebody's birth? Uh-huh. But how did he know that? Was that a vision? Nowhere does it say it's a vision. Do you know how Daniel knew? Um, I'll say no. I, I I'll venture yeah. to take it. I would. It is going to take a guess, but because the star that everybody's familiar with. I, I mean, I could give an answer and say, "Well, God told him," but that. Yeah, well, God, okay. in a sense, God did tell it, him. There's a certain level yeah. of astrology that at one time was uh, legitimate, right? Or, yeah, but let's just keep real practical for a second. Well, I like the mystical stuff as much as you, perhaps more. Perhaps more, yes. Uh, but the um, the point is, he knew the Bible. 
Ah, <laughs> thank you very much. That's what I wanted to say. That's what I wish I had said. Well, that is, because I saw you forming the words in your mind, and I just stole them. Mm. But the point is, see, and Daniel talks about a light to the nations. What he's really talking about in the Hebrew and in the language, you lose a little bit. Anyway, he's talking about how did he know that a star that we see in Christmas cards would proclaim his the this future Messiah's or leader, king, whatever you'd like to call him. Uh, birth. His birth. How? Because uh, it's not the first time the star occurred in Israel. Ah, we know. Did you know in the book of Exodus, twice it talks about somebody being born under a star. Under a star. Now, I'm going to make this real simple because I'm a very simple kind of guy. That's a, true, folks. I, I can guarantee he is. Yeah. So, if anybody goes back and looks at the original movie, uh, uh, the Ten Commandments with, yes. with our buddy Charlton Heston, who used to go to my aunt's restaurant all the time. Charlton uh, Moses Heston. That's yes. right. And now, in the movie, in yes. the first five minutes, put it on, watch the first five minutes. It's uh, There's a scene where Pharaoh's sitting on his throne, and all these guys are standing around. Uh-huh, you caught that, did you? Um, and so, <laughs> and the guys have talked to him, and they say, he says, well, we have an enemy, et cetera, et cetera. He's sitting at his throne. The wise men talk to him. Some soldiers are there. And they says, hey, the Jews believe that there's going to be a deliverer, a redeemer coming. And Pharaoh says, well, I don't care about that. And one of his wise men say these words. One of his wise men says, and you can watch the first five minutes. You'll hear it for yourself. Now, where do they get that? Because it's in the Bible. One of his wise men say, there's a star in the heavens that proclaim his birth. And who are they talking about? Moses. Moshe. Moshe. Moses. Moshe. But anyway, so it's not the first time. Mm-hmm. And so we have these other great leaders born under the same star. So when he came and he became what you might call uh, the leader, the teacher, the supreme magi, mm-hmm. or magi, uh, he would have taught them about that stuff in the Bible. So they knew what to look for. This explains, Lucy, let's explain yourself, Lucy. Got some explaining uh, to yeah. do. Yeah, so this explains why, because nowhere in the New Testament does it say, how did these magi know to go over there? Well, somebody taught them. Who taught them? Daniel. Aha! I could go on and on, but I thought perhaps you'd like to join the show tonight. Please, simply go ahead. <laughs> Daniel Theological Seminary. That's yeah. what, what it, the school. Well, Daniel, if I remember correctly, must have relied to some degree on that passage in Exodus. Plus the passage, uh, where is the passage about Balaam? Where, uh, where even Balaam talks about a star that's going to uh, mark the yeah. coming of the birth of a future leader of a messiah and uh where is that i've forgotten where it is it's um exodus leviticus is it in numbers deuteronomy is it in deuteronomy or numbers it's in numbers isn't it it is yeah it's in numbers and uh, this false prophet balaam actually uh is so led by god and manipulated and sensed by the lord that he projects that the messiah would be born under a star and daniel Daniel must have known about that and read about that particular passage in... Guess what, Soapy? The Not to interrupt, yes. but I better interrupt. 
You better uh, do so. It seems that my microphone is out tonight, so everything I just said, nobody heard. Oh, my lands, I cannot believe, unless they heard it through my microphone. Unless somehow. they picked up something. What's wrong with your mic? I don't know. I just got a text saying my All microphone right. turned on. Here we go again. We used. To, I thought we had this all solved. Um, well, uh, we. He said some brilliant things, folks. I can really tell you um, uh, stuff about Ezekiel and about Daniel, about Daniel projecting and becoming not only the head, uh, not the head of state, but he was the the. Um, I don't know what uh, Secretary of State. He was the he was the managing the administrative uh, head of under. Five different rulers, five different emperors. Daniel uh, was um, this high position of responsibility and authority. An astounding individual, really. Had to be incredibly gifted. Uh, One of our volunteers uh, out at Lackland, Jacob, is a young man and his wife, um, both captains. I won't say any names because I don't want to embarrass them, but... Uh, we were just amazed that he's just a solid young man, loves the Lord, he and his wife and family, both of them remarkable, uh, at, uh, graduate from uh, the uh, United States Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs. Uh, in a class of 1,000, he is number one. He graduated number one in his class out of 1,000. He's an astronomer, astronomy, uh, what's the engineer? Uh, astronomical engineer. Uh, he graduated number one in his class of a thousand at the Air Force Academy, and his wife, uh, not far behind, just in the top ten percent, graduated number a hundred. I'm just astounded. I, and here they are teaching uh, other young uh, airmen here now in in the uh, as they go through basic training, talking to them about uh, how they can know Christ and how they can have a relationship with God. Uh, it's just so astounding to me. But but. It, I was with them today. We spent some good time, and, and I was—I got to be in the presence of a really smart, intelligent person, uh, and that must have been what it's like to be in the presence of Daniel. He not only with languages and, and skills, administrative skills and principles and things, but also, as you're talking about, he became a spiritual leader. He was one, uh, a leader of the Magi, um, the top dog, the one who understood. And you said, how did he learn all of that? And uh, we talked about he knew the scriptures. Uh, it was projected in in Exodus, and later on we read in the book of Numbers about this this star that was going to mark the birth of the Messiah. And uh, of course, Daniel knows those things, and, and there's so many other things. He predicts the fall of um, he he predicts the fall of the Babylonian, the Medo Persian empires. He predicts the rise of uh, the Greek um, uh, the Greek uh, era under uh, Alexander the Great. Uh, describes his great leader Alexander. Then he predicts the fall of Alexander the Great and how uh, the Roman Empire w- would rise out of that. He, he just—it's so amazing. And even so far in chapter twelve, not we don't get there tonight, but there's this incredible prediction about the time element in terms of when the Messiah himself would come. That some look to and can have timed it out, and so on. And, wow, it really marks the time and the uh, lifetime of the of Jesus of Nazareth. So it's. It's a very remarkable story, this guy oh, named Daniel. Oh, Soapy, not to interrupt you. Do ahead and interrupt. Do you have a phone number people can call in? 340-9585. That's our call-in line. 
And I understand we already have some folks on the line, right? No, they no? just called in to say if they could hear they me, could hear you hear now. me or not. Can you hear me now? Remember that old commercial? Exactly. All right. So, so there was another thing I wanted to ask. Go you. for it. Uh, how are you doing tonight? I am doing well. How about yes. how is Arizona, by the way? Uh, How's your little Arizona's fine. New York is fine. And there is a call. What Kevin do you mean New York is fine. Did you go to New York? No, I just thought I'd tell you that. I, I saw that. Uh, I saw. How's Tavin? Uh, he's wonderful. The grand boy is grand. Oh yes, oh, and and, uh, and if this is uh, who I think it is calling, this may do we have we we have a few of those subscriptions left, don't we? We do. We have three or four more we can give away. Okay, I okay. gave away three last week. Perfect, perfect. I tried to do good. I tried to do what I thought you would do. So, let's go and visit. I don't know who no, it is. No, no, they're just calling in to say if they can hear me. Oh, they or can not. hear you now. Isn't that thoughtful? I tell you, right, we've gotten four calls so far, and everybody just wants to say we can hear Jacob now. <laughs> That's good. All right. So from uh, the book of the Psalms, from the book of the Psalms, let me give you a um, uh, let me give you a question. Uh, according to Psalm one hundred twenty-seven. Psalm 127, verse 1, it says that the workers, the laborers, work in vain unless the Lord builds it. What is it talking about? Is that the thing about build it and they'll come? <laughs> no, it wasn't a baseball field in a cornfield in Iowa. It was, um, I like that when he says, is this heaven? <laughs> no, it's Iowa. Uh, according to Psalm 120, we're talking about a movie there, folks. Sorry, I got digressed. According to Psalm 127, verse 1, the workers work in vain unless the Lord builds it. What is it talking about? All right, you can give us a call, 340-9585, if you want to answer that question. Here's a question from the chapters of uh, Ezekiel, the last uh, seven chapters. The last eight chapters of Ezekiel, the prophet, uh, in the in the final eight chapters, Ezekiel, the prophet, gets a vision of two aspects of Israel that are totally changed. What are they? Now, I've already mentioned them, uh, but, you know, I'm just going to see if you're paying attention. In the final eight chapters of Ezekiel, the prophet gets a vision of two aspects of Israel that are totally changed. What are those two things that are totally changed? And then, let me ask you this. Um, uh, why? No, let me see. What famous sea, what famous body of water was radically changed by the river of healing? And I'll ask you about the river of healing in, in just a moment. But there's this uh, river. It's called the river of healing. And there's a famous body of water that is radically, totally transformed by the river of healing. It's found in Ezekiel chapter 47, verse 10. What sea, what body of water are we talking about? Well, listen, uh, I want, since you talk about Ezekiel, uh huh. Uh, you said he saw something, and that is very important. It's in chapter 43. He sees something return to Jerusalem. Yes. Something that he had actually seen depart, I think. You got it. From Jerusalem. Uh -huh. But he sees it return yeah. and to the temple. 
and it drives him to bow his face in the dust. What is it that Ezekiel sees returning to Jerusalem? Well, I'm going and, to surprise to you with this answer. This is a great answer. And by the way, uh, I guess we're going to a break, but we have a gentleman named Al on the phone. Okay, we'll get to Alan just when we come back from our break. And uh, the first six chapters of the book of Daniel record uh, Daniel's story, while the last six chapters record his messages, his visions. So uh, we'll get that information. I repeated that from the earlier in the program. We'll come back with some of your calls, 340-9585, 340-9585, and with uh, some more questions for you to answer, winning some free subscriptions to um, Archaeological Review. My friends at the Laptop Specialist, pioneers since 1982 in serving the military, business, and personal computing needs of our city. Our ministry depends a lot on our computers. And whether it's repairs, service, upgrades, or even the purchase of a new machine, the James family and their great staff keep our equipment working, freeing us to do what we're called to do. Go to thelaptopspecialist.net or call 344-4563. 344-4563 for their two locations. The Laptop Specialist. Dr. Stan Shelton with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway has taken care of the Dollar family that's Suzanne and me plus our three children for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to drshelton.com or call 590-7878. Well, Elizabeth and I went to Express Lube, and our experience was fabulous. We got in and out of there in literally 20 minutes. When we went to work, we had got our oil done before. It could take us two hours. The service was very friendly. You can really trust them. They were super courteous. They vacuumed out the entire front of the car, which was surprising. I didn't very expect nice. to receive that kind of service. And their name is their game. Express Lube is accurate for the name of their store. And with 23 stores, there's an Express Lube near you. Nature's Factor carpet cleaning expert, Shayla James. What makes Nature's Factor better than the older carpet cleaning processes? Older systems saturate your carpet, leaving your space unusable, sometimes for up to a day because of their long dry times, plus leaving you with the risk of fungus and the dangerous chemicals left in your carpet. With Nature's Factor, our quick dry time makes your home or office space usable almost immediately, while our green solutions eliminate the possibility of fungus and are perfectly safe for your children and pets. Nature's Factor, carpet cleaning for the 21st century, 831-3535. Get your daily devotional, podcasts of your favorite programs, station and community events, and featured articles on a number of issues Christians need to know about, all in one place. KSLR.com. That's KSLR.com. Help me see that everything I am is not all about me. Take my You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Make me aware. And one of the great, great songs. I love that theme because one of the problems we as believers have, those of us who know God, love God, follow God, and trusting in Him and walking with Him, is we get distracted day to day by this world and by this world's affairs and by 
the crazy political <laughs> elections and by football games and by who knows all the other things that distract us, uh, careers and money and this and that and the other. And we, we get distracted from the real truth of who God is and what he's doing in us, with us, and through us. And uh, I like that song. It reminds Over, us, under, make me aware. And through. It sounds like you're doing a Paul Mall commercial. I know. It's my favorite. Anyway, hey, we got Al on the phone. Oh, right. Let's go to Al. Yeah. Let's go to Al. Okay, let me get Al. Let me push he's on line two. He sure is. Let me get Al on the phone. Hi, Al. How are you tonight? I am blessed. How about you guys? I'm glad okay. to hear you. We are blessed as well. And uh, and may I introduce Al? You may please introduce okay. Al. This is Al Logan, and he used to be uh, the the preacher that coordinated everything for the county. And he's now working for uh, the private jail downtown. A lot of people don't even know there is a private jail, but he works at Geo. Is that right, Al? Yes, sir. That's correct. Al, how long had you been working at Bear County? It was I used to volunteer down there a long time ago when I was young uh, here in the in the ministry here in the city and all. I really enjoyed. Yes, sir. It. I, I, I think I, I met you a few times down there. Did we? I thought maybe we had. I'm kind of yes. Getting, I'm picturing a strong young guy down there that I met named Al. <laughs> okay, okay, I love it. Maybe you've aged as well. I don't know. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. We've gotten a little older in the Lord, haven't we? But God really, is good, right? Amen. Al amen. Is very a, a really good man. Uh, I consider him a friend. And uh, I'm not going to ask if he considers me a friend. We'll just make that assumption. <laughs> All right. Um, but, uh, and uh, so I ask Al if he'd like to call this evening. And evidently, he would like to call Good. because he's on the phone. We're talking about the books of Ezekiel, the last eight chapters of Ezekiel tonight, and the uh, first nine chapters of the book of Daniel. We uh, we uh, still follow. We, we don't have our Monday through Friday program now. We've gone on the Internet with that. So folks can hear the entire Bible all through the year there at our Internet site. But uh, these chapters are the ones that are signed for this past week. And so we always ask a few questions uh, about it, Al. And, and frankly, if you're willing to answer a question or two for us, we'd love to gift you with a wonderful gift. We, we have been helping with the Archaeological Review What's it called, Jacob? Bible or Biblical, uh, the, biblical Archaeology, Archaeology Review. Review. And they're going to have their seminar at the end of a uh, third week end uh, of November. August. Uh, I'm sorry, November. And uh, and th- we did give away some tickets, and they were 600 bucks a pop. Yeah. And now uh, we're giving away one-year subscriptions. And, Al, are you there? I'm here. And uh, this is how this game works. We ask you a question, you answer, or... You can ask us a question, and you can be a winner that way, too, because I don't want you to lose. So which would you prefer, Al? I would like to ask you a question. Okay, Soapy, Al, I'd like to ask you a question. (laughs) (laughs) Go for it, Al. Okay, do you realize that in the book of Ezekiel um, that it's actually pointing to the fact that we are the temple of God? I just said that. Isn't that interesting? I was just talking off the air before we came back on. I said, do you think it's possible, Jacob, that maybe Ezekiel, this idealized picture of the temple that is being described, it's always puzzled me a little bit that a lot of the pages of this book, Ezekiel, his his message is given over to the description of this temple that never really existed. You know, it. it it's, well, you, you all do understand this is the third temple that has yet to be built. Okay, though. that's what Jacob has always said, that this is a, a, a third temple that maybe is going to be built. 
even with the river running out of it and that sort of thing? I will tell you that as of right now, there is something. If anybody wants to Google it, you can. It's called the Temple Institute. Everything involving this temple is already made. Uh, and they, they actually have, know where the ark is, but they're waiting for the breastplate. But it's called the Temple Institute. It's, a, it's definitely a Jewish thing. and It's definitely out of Israel. But they certainly believe that this temple shall be built. All right. Well, that's that's an interesting. I'd heard that before from Jacob, but it had just occurred to me tonight, Al, to wonder out loud. Do you think maybe this is a somewhat of a a picture, a, a kind of a prophetic picture, a description of now that we, as as God's people, we're told in the New Testament that we ourselves we are the temple of God. That your don't don't you know that your body is the spirit, the temple of the Holy Spirit, and so on. And I was wondering maybe that. Maybe the river is running out of us because uh, isn't that a passage in, um, is it Jesus that talks about uh, there will be rivers of living water that run out of us and flow out of our lives? Yes, yes. Maybe that's an imagery that they had in mind. Well, let me add add to your imagery. Uh, Actually, if you are the temple, then the temple sacrifices never did stop. In fact, uh, oh. Your table is your altar, and uh-huh. so everything that you eat was once alive. It died so you could live. So you're sacrificing it to your temple. So we're doing a good thing when so we pray at our are, table. Yeah. Still, yeah. if somebody ever tells you the temple sacrifice has stopped, if you're the temple, you've got to look them in the eye and say, I'm sorry they did not. <laughs> For most of us, that happens three or four times a day. Three or four times a day, yeah. Well, thank you. That okay. is a very good observation. I appreciate it, Al, very much. Would we? Would you mind if we put your name and address? down to receive a free uh, subscription, a year-long subscription to Biblical Archaeology Review. We'd love to give that to you if you'd like to have it. That would be a blessing. I'm more than happy. I think you'd enjoy it a lot, Al. I appreciate you calling in tonight. We really do. Uh, don't Thank hang you, up and God now. bless you both. You too. Yes, don't, don't hang up yeah, now. Don't because hang up. Uh, John's going to come on and get the information to send it to you. There you go. Nice talking to you, Al. Good for Al. I'm glad to hear from him, and I'm glad to... Uh, Lord bless our brother's ministry down there uh, in in the middle of our city uh, with young men and women or others, older men and women as well, those caught up in the legal system for good or for ill or wrongly or rightly. We just pray that you would work in and through his life to bring redemption, to bring hope, to bring transformation uh, so that their lives can really be a witness as well and a testimony to your grace. Uh, we, we thank you for Al and ask your blessings on him and his loved ones and, uh, and, and the ministry you put in his hands down there. Uh, now let's go and visit with someone else. I yeah. think I can go and talk with, uh, I'm going to try John. Tuck. Is Tuck on the line with yeah. me? Okay. I am. Tuck, I'm glad to hear from you. This is, is this Friar Tuck from the, uh, Robin Hood? <laughs> yeah. And I, and I know a guy named little John too. <laughs> okay. Well, we've got, and, um, and, and Bernadette's on the other line. I think, wasn't Bernadette a, yes. a, a character in, uh, uh, Robin Hood, too. Well, Bernadette, hang on. We'll get there in a moment. Let's talk to Tuck for a second. Now, Tuck, did you want to answer one of our questions? Or maybe well, you have a thought on mind? Actually, it was, uh, I was right driving down the road when you uh, asked about 127, Psalms 127. Uh-huh. And I rushed into my house and, and called you because I didn't have my phone with me. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I wanted to speak to you anyway about that verse because it's one of my favorite verses the workers work in uh, vain unless the lord builds it what's it talking about well it's a segue actually what you were speaking about the temple i mean the house is us we're the spiritual house and 
And uh, we can't clean ourselves up. We can't, you know, do anything. It's God from start to finish. He's the author and finisher of our faith, and and uh, he's he does it all. I mean, that's right. All we do is submit. I, I mean, so that's it. what it speaks to me. We submit and you know, and graciously, gratefully receive uh, exactly. His gracious gift to us. Uh, I, I agree one hundred percent. I do. I tell you what, I've got right here. I'm going to give you a. Let's give. Let's give. <laughs> I don't have my bell tonight. I usually use a bell, but we've got a, we've got a studio audience that appreciates your good uh, understanding of the Scriptures. The workers work in vain unless the Lord builds it. It's talking about the house, the home, uh, or in, in the case, the building of God's temple. The, we, uh, as God's people, now he, the Spirit dwells within us. A, a beautiful point. Yeah. It may have much to do. It may have something to do with that Ezekiel passage. Uh, uh, it could be maybe it could be a combination of a number of these different answers, but I like that line of thinking at least. Now, can we give you Tuck? Could we uh, gift to you a free subscription to uh, the Biblical Archaeology Review? Would you enjoy? Uh, would I think you'd like it? But... I certainly would. I'd like to keep abreast of all the the new uh, discoveries and stuff. I'm a very very big into the creation science and stuff like that. So excellent, excellent. That would be a segue to that too. So that'd be great. Well, let's let's don't hang up now and stay on the line and talk to John. Give him the the, the address and we'll get that sent to you. All right. Well, well, thank you so much. Blessings to you. It's our privilege, friend. Thank thank you for calling. Now let's go and visit with uh, the aforementioned. Let me see. Here. Bernadette? Oh, she's already, Bernadette is oh, gone. Oh, we're, we're trying to get Bernadette, and she's gone. All right. Well, we'll get back to Bernadette. She'll give us a call back. Let's go Bernadette, visit. Call back. Let's visit with Harold a, li- a minute or two. How oh, are you doing, goodness. Harold? What's up? I'm doing really well tonight. Thank you very much. I'm glad to hear and, you. Uh, uh, that's good. I'm glad to hear yours also. And just to just to calm you down, I'm not going to read a whole chapter. You know, <laughs> you know. remember last week you thought I was going to read a whole chapter. I did make it, yes. No, I thought, I mean, that's great. You're doing good. You're getting better. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot yeah. coming from you. Have you said uh, anything I, on your uh, altar this evening, Harold? Well, there is. Uh, first thing I wanted to say that I did make it to the Antioch Baptist Church on Wednesday night, and they happened to be talking about mental health. And the speaker was Dr. Leonard Lawrence, and he used to work at UTL Science Center. So. Uh-huh. But but it was mental health for children. I I wanted to get in line, but it was talking about mental health for, <laughs> health for children. <laughs> you well, yeah, old. and you know, but I can you know, I do have some things I can relate to. But back to Ezekiel, uh-huh. and you know what bothers me sometimes is I have a neighbor that sometimes he cuts my yard, and all people want to know that know me is what nationality he is, uh-huh. you know, and, and I, I'm just so tired of that. But anyway, uh, Ezekiel 47, I might have a question and part of an answer. Okay. 47 verse, verse 22. Uh-huh. Uh, it says, it, and this is out of the New King James, it shall be that, let me start over again. It shall be that you will divide it by lot as an inheritance for yourselves and for the stranger who dwells among you and who bear children among you, they shall be to you and native born among the children of Israel. They shall have an inheritance with you among tribes 
of Israel, the tribes of Israel. It seems like a whole chapter, don't it? One more verse. It says, uh, verse 23, and it shall come, and it shall be that in whatever tribe the stranger dwells, there shall give him, they shall give him inheritance, says the Lord. So, so my question is, wow, that is um, yeah, and well, and that was a lot of reading for me, <laughs> and that was just two verses, yeah, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, and so, um, so what I'm thinking is, is that you know these are the Hebrew scriptures, of course, and the strangers must be the other people that are around, probably the people that weren't Israelites, that weren't Jewish. Yes. And they're saying, right, you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it it just seems like God's people, or the people chosen by God, let me put it this, that way, are want everyone to be part of God's plan. Yes. And, um, yes. We both and said so, yes. You know, we both said yes. yes. So, that includes me. We both said yes. Yes. Okay. And, but, but, but now, see, this is what happens, you know, in 1972, I married a girl. I loved saying I married a Spanish girl. I met at Dairy Queen. Years later, all of a sudden, uh, no, that's not right. She's a, she is a Mexican girl. You're putting us all down. Years later, now she has to be Hispanic. And it, so was, and it, I'm was, thinking, a tasty, and it was a tasty freeze, not a Dairy Queen. <laughs> it was a Dairy Queen, and I wish I would have ate that strawberry girl? sundae. You're going to stick to no, okay? No, no. She brought me out a strawberry Sunday, and I had to say I don't care for strawberry Sundays. I've been hearing that for 42 years. But, but, but anyway, it. I just feel like you know, the, the you know, what's happening now on TV. You know, with the debates and everything. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean to, but you know, I heard you say debate once. Sure, sure. So I, I, I thought I would mention it. So with with all these like. Uh, different titles to the same person, you know, my, you know, my wife, the same person. Now I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering if Trump gets into office. Oh, let's just say if the Republican party wins, would she become an, an illegal alien now? You know, when, when does this, when does this end? I know. And it's hard you? for me as an Anglo guy, I'm trying to be respectful to all these different races sure. and, 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 I'm constantly getting put in check. I know. I and know. I, I don't mean to. Just, she, I'm not she, trying to be funny or is anything. Is she a Spanish girl? Is she a Mexican? Is she a Hispanic? Is she her, what is it? Yeah. Hell, hell, I don't know. Terminology, yeah. Well, well, her mother was born in Mexico, and yeah. her first language was was uh, Spanish until she was five. She graduated from Incarnate Word with uh, high honor. She started the fashion show group there, and she made and you so, anyway. You know, huh? She married God Almighty. I, it was <laughs> the miracle of miracles. There, right? <laughs> there, there are diamonds in Dairy Queens, and, and like Betty met her husband, my sister, at Jack in the Box. So oh, if right. y'all people are hungry, that's also sacrificing. Go that's what I've been doing. Place. Well, let me let me say this, Jacob. Maybe you can comment on this. Yeah, so I'd be happy Is to that, comment. I've been waiting. There's this section, chapter forty-seven. He's he's describing the boundaries. These new boundaries. Yeah. Not only is there a new temple, but uh, there's this new. Let me, let me put this in perspective for my Christian brother. Oh, but what I want to put, I just want to mention this, please. He just read these verses yeah, that yeah, talk yeah, about uh-huh. 
Uh, distribute the land as allotment for yourselves and for the foreigners who have joined you are raising their families among you. They will be like native-born Israelites to you, and you will receive an allotment among the tribes. These foreigners are to be given land within the territory of the tribe with whom they now live, yes. and so on and so on. So it, that is a remarkable observation, you know. That well, it's, it's not just it, a. It's the thing ethnic. that's only remarkable is that uh, most people, especially I must say, in this ouch. Uh, a lot of, especially in the Christian churches, they just don't read this and they don't still catch it. So congratulations, Harold. Thank you. Way to go, Harold. We uh, appreciate your now, help. Now, what this is saying is, and I'll, let me just kind of make it flowing modern English, if I may, okay? The last verse is, in whatever tribe the proselyte, or whatever you want to call them, join, stranger, foreigner, that, I don't like some of those words. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Well, they're... Uh, but okay, but whatever tribe they dwell with you, you shall give them an inheritance there, says the Lord, in whatever tribe. Now, I want to go back and say that's why we Christians are considered to be in the tribe of Judah, right? Because yes, that's what I was Yeshua going to say. brought us in. Remember when they left Egypt? Uh, they got the mountains. There's a mixed multitude, they say, chapter 12 of uh, Exodus. And as they travel and go through the desert, by the time they get to Israel, there are no identifications of mixed multitude no more. They're all just part of Israel, right? Uh-huh. Amen. Oh, okay. So, well, thank you very much. I'll pass the plate later. Um, <laughs> the, but the will. point is um, is that they're all just part of Israel. They get their land allotment by the tribe. Now, this is kind of how it works. And what it's saying is this. It's saying, look, there are people that were not born Jewish, uh-huh. but they're welcome. Ethnically Jewish. Is that something different than I, what I'm I just, said? I'm just trying or? to clarify, uh-huh. make okay. sure that we understand. Well, they were not born ethnically Jewish. We're not, we're not talking about religious. Uh-huh. But uh, morally, they were. <laughs> so, uh, but at uh, any rate, so, but the point is, is that the other people who are not... Do you have any idea what he meant by that? <laughs> but at any rate, uh, but anyway, uh, Harold, are you still there? Okay. Yes, I'm still here. Okay. And I just wanted to say one thing. Yeah. Well, okay. I'd like to say one thing, too. We'll so let you I'll say finish. something after Jacob yeah. finishes. So what I'm going right. to say is that, yes, so they travel through the wilderness. They get to Israel. They're part of Israel. They're no longer identified as the mixed multitude. So what we've got here is I understand the theological concept of you being the temple, and that's fine, but one does not negate the other. Ah, that's what I said. Maybe they're uh-huh. a combination of truths. Okay. Being. Well, it could be. Now, the point is that the Jews really believe this is the third temple, that it shall be built, and they do have everything ready to be built. Now, some Jews believe that. Uh, any, Jew that <laughs> any Jew that's a Jew believes that. Okay. Okay. Anyway, I believe it. To the point, without all the, the, all right, all right. the Hillary Clinton interruptions. Okay. Uh, <laughs> at any rate, um, my point is this. Um, so what you've got is once the temple is built, going back to chapter 43, got it. you see Ezekiel sees the same thing he saw in chapter 1 and chapter 8 of Ezekiel, which is what you're calling a wheel and a wheel or a chariot or something. Mm-hmm. That's what he's seeing in 43. And what's it doing? After the temple is built, this Shekinah, this... Uh, and the so, glory of God, this manifestation of the glory of God, right, or something well, like that? Uh, the divine presence. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It is going to return to this third temple. But see, it doesn't return to the temple until it's built. 
That's why in the other temple that was destroyed, that the Babylonians destroyed, and then uh, that what happened is the divine presence, the Shekinah, the Shekinah, the divine presence, the glory, whatever, it left, it abandoned it, so it was nothing but a shell. So it could be destroyed. So when the Jews went into um, captivity, the divine presence in the beginning of Ezekiel kind of went with them, it stayed with them. And then after this third temple was built, it will return. So what Ezekiel seeing in chapter 43, it's returning. And it's going to go to this new temple. Now, and then all people that believes in the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, they are all considered equal and accepted. And exactly as you said, when they leave Egypt, they go through the desert, they end up in Israel, they're all Israel. Well, in Ezekiel right here, exactly as Harold brought up, what this is about is... You will be an Israeli, let's say, part of Israel. But what tribe do you belong to? Well, the, whoever brought you into Israel, if you're brought in by a guy from the tribe of Asher, you're part of Asher. Now, Jesus brought in the Christians, right? You agree with that, Sophie? Right. Um, yes. Okay. I'll go with that. Okay, good. So he is from what tribe? The tribe of Judah. Judah. So technically... You would become grafted into Israel, but your tribe would be his tribe, which makes you technically a Jew. So, I don't want to hear any more stuff about Jews, okay? Don't mind it at all. I mean, I'm an Apache, most of the Apache Jew. But anyway, so anyway, but I also want to tell you, but what are you supposed to do? Did you know Ezekiel tells us what we're supposed to do until this third temple is built? What? Do you want to tell us that, or do we want to let Harold say what he wanted well, to say? Well, let's let Harold say, because he, he's been so he's been waiting. wonderful. You, you did patient. a good job, Harold. You were waited patiently. Well, thank you very much. Yes. Uh, well, I just want to say one thing. Um, uh, before I leave, um, you know, I have my own, my very own rabbi, and Rabbi Marn Nathan, and she's been help, uh, helping me out with, uh, with, with people's names, you know, to learn how to say their proper full name and that's what i've been adding adding uh to my what experiences my language my you know my thoughts and that's why i said dr leonard lawrence it wasn't you know he does work at utl science center and i did meet him and uh that was something i had to learn at 61 years old i was kind of just yeah, I, I I wasn't trying to be funny or anything. I just didn't really know the importance of it, and so I want to thank Rabbi Nathan for helping me out with that. And I'll see y'all next time. Okay, Harold. Hey, thanks. Harold. Good to hear thanks. from you. Appreciate you calling. Harold has already won, I believe, a subscription. Oh no, to... we didn't. Harold, are you still there? I believe he did. I believe Harold. Harold did. Okay, then I, I apologize. He's already won a right. subscription. But you, so what we've got is going back to what Harold brought up. Uh -huh. So all people are part of Israel, and the tribe would be in that tribe that they came into. And Jesus brought you into there, so you'd be part of His tribe. You'd be part of Israel, but you'd be tribe of Judah. Okay. Now that's what actually what it says. That's forty-seven, verse twenty-two, twenty-three. Now. If it's a practical verse, it also means that you get an inheritance in the land of Israel. So there's got to be a land of Israel. Ah. Well, you've got two and a half minutes to answer this question, or at least start an answer. And that is, we've talked enough about the temple. Uh, uh, that's good. 
I'd like to know what do you do with this redistribution, this reallotment of the land? It, it's not the same allotment of the land of the different tribes, Judah and Benjamin and so on, that we have historically. It's it's a repicturing, a redistribution, and the the allotment of land given to Asher or to Benjamin or to the different tribes uh, is different from the the one. Is that also going to be a new, a different allotment? Is that well, thought to be? The old allotment was really, remember, was based upon the population. So the population appears to be uh, more of an equal distri- distribution of population. In this new one? In the yeah, new that distribution? That appears so. So uh-huh. let's say that it, that the everybody has their own idea, but let's say the Jews in this particular instance are right. But what are you supposed to do till this third temple is built? You'll find the answer in chapter 43, verse 10, 11, and 12. It tells you some what you're supposed to do till this new temple is built. I'm going to it. I know you are. Chapter 43, verses 10, 11, and 12. That's right. And they say, Son of man, describe to the people of Israel the temple I have shown you, so they will be ashamed of all their sins. Let them study its plan, and they will be ashamed of what they have done. Describe to them all the specifications of the temple, including its entrances and exits and everything else about it. Tell them about its decrees and laws. Write down all these specifications and decrees as they watch so they will be sure to remember and follow them. And this is the basic law of the temple, absolute holiness. The entire top of the mountain where the temple is built is holy. You're way beyond what you're supposed to be. I know. Yes, this is the basic law of the temple. So that brings us to verse uh, tw- uh, verse yeah. what? Well, that's a little bit beyond. But what it's saying is this in a nutshell. Until the temple is built, study the Bible. Isn't that interesting? You know what, you know what uh, Paul told Timothy? Uh, until I return, practice reading the scriptures to the people. <laughs> that's interesting. I mean, they're both kind of... Remind me of the commands given to each of them. Well, folks, we're already down to our last segment for this evening. Uh, 30 minutes more to go. If you'd like to call and answer maybe some of our questions from the book of Ezekiel or Daniel, you can call us 340-9585. You can ask us a question as well. And we're going to come back and talk a little bit more this uh, final period about Daniel. Uh, These nine chapters of this remarkable individual. Uh, named Daniel. Uh, 340-9585. Don't go away. We'll be right back. is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. I will testify to love. I love that song. I love it. Love it. I, uh, Suzanne used to direct a um, uh, youth uh, praise group at uh, San Antonio Christian Schools way, way back in the 
back before the earth's crust hardened. You know, we were both much younger. And they did a version of that song. I just have always enjoyed I will testify to God's love. It's a beautiful intertwining of melodies and voices over voices. It's a great, great song. Anyway, we've got a half an hour left, Jacob. Just time flies when you're having a good time. Or as Kermit the Frog says, time's fun when you're having flies, right? So uh, we're going to get in now to talking about the book of Daniel. Uh, let's move a little bit away from Ezekiel. I love him. A great guy. Interesting. We've been talking about him for two weeks now. Let's go to this guy named Daniel, how remarkable an individual he was, uh, the things he saw. His predictions are perhaps among the most dramatic of all of the Bible. This this fellow looks uh, way into history. He he sees the coming empires. Uh, he serves as a as a national leader, administrator to five uh, world empires, emperors of the world, uh, starting with Nebuchadnezzar and uh, I, I guess under Cyrus, others. He He's all this time, all this period, others that we could, we could mention. Um, and, and he's there being a faithful servant of God, a follower of God. He's influencing all of these empires, these emperors and their their peoples, with the power of the message of Scripture, the redemptive plan of God. He's just an amazing individual. And now, in, in starting in these chapters, he, he predicts uh, in his chapter, the last nine chapters, have to, the first six, the last six chapters, he predicts the fall of the Persian, the Medo-Persian empires. He predicts the rising of Alexander the Great. Uh, uh, he predicts his fall. He predicts what will happen uh, after Alexander is gone, how the 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 different family groups or segments of the Roman um, empire w- will compete for for uh, uh, for for um, what am I trying to say? They would re- they would be competing then for power, and then he predicts which one of them would rise to head up and to be the the re- the Roman Empire. Then he talks about these ten uh, empires that come out of the Roman Empire. Uh, some have thought that might be the EU, you know, the European Union. Others have thought that, you know, just Western civilization, Western culture in general, um, the, these ten, um, these ten empires, these ten toes, I think it is, in the imagery of Daniel. But anyway, he looks way into the future and describes the rise and fall of uh, major empires. And of course, that has been something that uh, those who don't believe in God and don't trust the uh, veracity and the reliability of the end, the inspiration, the divine inspiration of the scriptures, they sure would like to do away with Daniel. So they've attacked uh, the book of Daniel uh, greatly to, to try to just because they cannot understand, they cannot, could not be acceptable that someone could look into the future and, uh, and do this and see this. So they do things to try to change the timeline, you know, that, that it was written after he was, after the fact and so on. But I don't know. Uh, maybe you have some thoughts about it, uh, Jacob, but from the point of view of, of the, from the Hebrew Jewish side, uh, there's some remarkable things. These, these four beasts that appear in Daniel's vision, visions, uh, the, the, the ram with two horns and the goat, one large horn broke, then four smaller horns, and all of these visions that have to do with uh, the, these coming, the, the falling of empires and the rising of others that would replace them. Uh, how how is Daniel viewed? I'm sure with great honor and all, but um, 
do uh, oh yeah you hear the same thing that the, the same churches talk about that okay. oh this must have been done later because it's too accurate uh now we know that part of the in the scroll of daniel uh-huh. part of it is an aramaic and that is an interesting twist yeah it is now uh depending on those people that you listen to i prefer i'm happier to think that it's all prepared correctly and by daniel uh-huh no, I will tell you this, and I hope you're sitting down. <laughs> I am. Okay, Daniel in our Bibles had has twelve chapters, correct? Yes, that would be yes. Uh, originally, it had fifteen. Oh, and those missing three chapters you can find. And I, I'm not. I don't want to open this up to people yelling and getting upset in a theological debate. However, here I go. Um, you will find those in what's called the middle books. It's presently in the Catholic Bible. And those are called the Deuterocanicals or the Apocrypha. And let's see, one is called uh, the something about Daniel and the three children. One's called Bell and the Dragon. Those three single little very short books are, they were with Daniel as part of Daniel originally. And people say, well, gee, what happened? Well, a lot of people don't know this. And... and I'm a strong believer in the facts. The facts are the facts are the facts, no matter what. Mm, the fact is a fact. Uh-huh. I want the facts, ma'am. Uh, anyway, but so up until the 1800s, uh, the the and I have a copy of the original 1611 King James Bible. I I like those things. I collect those things. Anyway, so uh, in there, it does have the Apocrypha, the middle books that the Catholic Bible still has. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a decision between two Bible societies to take those books out. So the Catholics did not add them. Rather, the Protestants took them out. Now, they have reasons for that. We don't have to go into all that unless somebody wants to call and talk about why. But I always find it fascinating because if they, for a thousand over a thousand years more so, considered those as part of it, Daniel, then just for interesting reading, we should take a look at that and say, well, what are those things saying that were removed? Now, uh, you and I both know that for the modern Christian approach, they say that the, the God, I've heard them say, well, God was silent for 400 years, so we took those books out. Well, those books are very valuable for history, uh, for teaching, for mm-hmm. even for theology, if you mm-hmm. like. But they were there. But anyway, so that helps complete the picture of uh, Daniel. And I will tell you, one of the books that's in there is interesting in and of itself because Daniel, a judge, the story we're familiar with in the Gospels of Jesus catching the woman in the act of adultery, Mm -hmm. that story also appears in one of those three books. Is that right? Except. The hero there is not Jesus, of course. It's Daniel. Oh. And he actually tells these people, identify the tree. They choose the wrong tree where the act took place. And the law is, is that, uh, and in the Jewish law, in the book of Deuteronomy, there's something called the law of false witnesses. You're, are you familiar with this? I okay. believe so. Now, whoever becomes a false witness, whatever penalty the person would have suffered Due to your lies. They are subject to that, that penalty. That is now your penalty. If it's a $100 fine, $100 your life, your life. So uh, that's actually what goes on in these other books. So it's fascinating to me, and, I, and it's just interesting that there's a lot of misconception, uh, and I actually have, and if 
somebody I can bring it in sometime, but uh, it's there, and it's fascinating. It's written a lot of it's old English, but it's fascinating that it would be there. And I, I'm always personally concerned when people start playing around with things. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish we could interview Sarah again from the uh, Biblical Archaeology uh, Review. Oh, I would like to ask her a little bit about this. Uh-huh. I have read some things from archaeology that uh, Daniel in Daniel four, Nebuchadnezzar, um, Nebuchadnezzar, the emperor, has a dream of a tree which is cut down to a stump and roots for seven periods of time, and then Daniel tells the emperor he interprets the dream for, for him. He says that Nebuchadnezzar would go insane for seven years and then be restored to his throne and power. And I read, I cannot remember how long ago I was, it was that I read it, though, that uh, archaeology had discovered some Babylonian uh, writings. Uh, I think they wrote on, on, on pillars. Uh, some of the history was written in. And there was actually a record of this, uh, this period of time that Nebuchadnezzar was taken from the throne and then that he was restored again to power. I, oh, that would be a great I, question. I, I want to ask well, they, her, They Sarah, will be coming out again on November 13th. I'll ask her about yes. that. Now, I, I have a question for you. Yes. Where do we get, have you heard the phrase, anyone ever used the phrase Do you in your hearings, well, the handwriting's on the wall. You know, they might say, well, uh, that's it for Trump, the, hand, the handwriting's on the wall. Oh, yeah. What does yes, that I mean? Have heard it. What I've does the expression? The number, but nobody answers. What does the expression mean? And then, where do we? Where does the expression come from? Well, I thought it came from the bathroom walls. I <laughs> know. The handwriting is on yeah. the wall. Where well, does that yeah, come obviously from? Obviously, it comes from Daniel. Yeah. From the book of Daniel, and what does it refer to? Do you remember uh, the occasion? Yeah, it's Mene Mene Tekel Ufarsin. Ufarsin. Yes. Um. And it, it was at this banquet, Belshazzar and one of the other emperors, uh, a, they were having this uh, kind of a wild uh, party, <coughs> and uh, a hand appears and writes on the wall, mini, mini, bel, um, mini, mini, tickle, farcine, something like that. In other words, the translation was, you have been uh, weighed in the balance and found wanting, uh-huh. and, and it's an announcement of judgment, and that... If I remember correctly, that very night, who we told that the Medo-Persian king defeated Belshazzar and made Daniel a supervisor yes. of his affairs. Now, here is an interesting question for you, Sophie. <laughs> yes. Why, if this we just said the four uh, Babylonian words, and it, it, it says, as you said, measured, measured, weighed, divided. Uh-huh. Now, if that's so forward and we can do that, why did they have to get Daniel to read it? <laughs> well, they they have to give Daniel to not only read it but tell him what it means. Uh huh. Right. Well, that why? you're that why? you the, you and I know what measured means. Oh, because he's the head of the Magi. Well, that's a good answer. Thank you. But I learned it from a, a learned and very good friend of mine. Oh uh, well, okay. If you see him, tell him I said hi. Uh, hi. Um, the uh, <laughs> Jacob says it's hi. because. Of the way it was written. I see. And these words from the old Babylonian alphabet, you can read these things backward, forward, diagonal. Is that right? Yes. So the guy looking at you and I can look and say, well, that says the, that word. And if it was that simple, they wouldn't need Daniel to come out of his, his word and step and explain it. I thought maybe it was because of the handwriting was a little scrabbled and it wasn't very clear. 
Maybe the guy was, maybe it's the left hand. Maybe there's a left-handed hand. Uh, are you saying God cannot be I didn't know. Nice? Okay, no, I'm not saying anything about God. Did you know that, that how they even knew to call on Daniel? Daniel evidently yeah. was very, very old and probably already kind of put aside. He you was, know, and the retired. new kings had tossed him aside. And I believe somebody said, hey, you know, there is a guy here that used to be able to interpret things for Nebuchadnezzar. That was the queen mother. Yeah. Yeah. The queen mother remembered uh, Daniel, and they sent for Daniel. I find that all of this so fascinating. Chapter 5 is where it's found. And uh, that night, uh, the Medo-Persian, the Medo-Persian king uh, defeated Belshazzar, and they made Daniel the supervisor of his affairs. That was Darius the Mede, not Darius one of Ezra, Haggai, and Zechariah, you know, or Darius two. This was Darius the Mede. I mean, it, it does get, we do rely a little bit on history to provide some of the backup and the explanation of some of the names that are used here. Um, but really remarkable. And it, I think he might have been the one that threw Daniel into the famous lion's den. Uh, yes, he did. Which is yeah. another one great story uh, that we hear about this man. And do you know why the lions the, didn't eat him? Why didn't the lions eat? Because they don't eat kosher. Ah, that's they don't eat kosher. Oh, and I he's see. Jewish so is kosher. <laughs> eating Daniel would have been considered kosher. Yeah, that's the idea. Kosher. Okay, all right, all right. Uh, why? Because he didn't have cloven hooves and. <laughs> Never mind. I don't know. Okay. I don't know where I'm going with that. Anyway, folks, if you'd like to give us a call, our phone number is three four zero. 9585. We had about 10 or 15 more minutes, and you could call in and maybe comment about this book of Daniel, about this. I don't know how familiar you are with Daniel, but it is uh, just a remarkable individual and remarkable pro- prophecies about the future. And, some, of course, some amazing events getting thrown into uh, the lion's den. His three friends, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, were, they refused to worship an idol that Nebuchadnezzar had placed up for them, and and, and uh, they got thrown into the burning furnace, which is probably a kiln. Remember, uh, Babylonia was the city of Babylon was one of the great wonders, eight great wonders of the world of that time. Uh, it was the walls were thick enough for three three chariots to go around the entire city, right, right. side by side, yeah. thirty foot wide. Uh, beautiful gardens, the hanging hanging gardens of Babylon. And so this tremendous building project, and there were huge ovens that were kilns, uh, essentially, where they baked the bricks and stones to build all of these great uh, constructs. And it was probably into one of these kilns, it is thought, that um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into one of those uh, hot burning furnaces or ovens uh, for the baking of these bricks. Do you know what caused, supposedly caused, Babylon to attack Jerusalem? Ah, that's a very interesting. Was it the rebellion of the, didn't they kill the appointed, um, didn't Nebuchadnezzar appoint a, a, uh, a ruler from out of their people? And he was actually a member of the uh of the uh, of the uh, dynasty or the lineage of David. Well, okay, go way back. Who and caused, didn't they kill him? Who raised the jealousy, the avarice, the greed of Babylon? Who raised by his being not very smart? Oh yes, oh, yeah. there was a 
there was a a king a king a king and we, he, we have a king? he yeah. greeted the uh, an emissary from oh, Babylon and he showed it was Solomon no 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 who was it he showed him all of this it wealth it starts with an h Hezekiah? Oh, yes, it, it was. Yeah. He showed him a Marduk, Marduk or something. Oh, he, he, showed, he, showed, he showed the Babylonians all the wealth, and they said, hey, oh, let's go back and get our guys and steal this let's stuff. Let's go get that money from them. I know a guy had some money. Let's go steal his money. Yes, where is that? That is exactly right. Uh, I remember that now. Kings, but there's a reference here. But also before tonight, And the prophet got ticked at him, right, and told him oh, yeah. he shouldn't have done that's that. That's why they that called him the prophet. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, okay, he didn't want to so, lose all his profit. I know uh, we're supposed to go up to through, uh, nine tonight, but we got a minute. The clock's gone. Where's the clock? Well, it's right there. I keep telling you to look at that clock up there. Somebody took the clock. Well, I've heard of people taking the cake. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so. That takes the clock. Okay. Uh, but in chapter nine of okay. Daniel, uh-huh. he's re- uh, listen to this. Just listen to this. Look over at chapter 9, Soapy. I am in chapter 9. Okay. It says, in the first verse of Darius of Yashiris, of Media descent, uh-huh. uh, who is made, I'm reading it from the Jewish translations. So, I see you. Uh, from who is made king of Chaldonian kingdom. In the first year of the reign, I, Daniel, studied the calculations. Look at this. He says, I studied the calculations to determine the number of years according to God's word that the prophet Jeremiah would uh, be required to be complete the 70-year count okay. from the destruction of Jerusalem. So he read the scriptures and he learned that uh, Israel had to be uh, uh, occupied or, or, or put in bondage or exile for 70 years. Okay. And 70 years we learned when we did Jeremiah a few weeks ago uh-huh. that that's where Jesus was getting the... How often should I forgive somebody? Seven times seven. seven. Uh-huh. So it had to be 70 Shemitah, one year for each Shemitah years, which was 70. So it's 70 Okay, Shemitahs. I remember that. And by the way, you might find this interesting. This is the conclusion of the Jubilee year for in the Bible. Did you know that? That's a Shemitah. Yes, I do remember that. Mm-hmm. So this is Jubilee year. Actually, there our city, uh, many of our Christian leaders, uh, Alan Parker with the Justice Foundation has helped lead a, uh, a, a number of our uh, leaders in the evangelical community across San Antonio in 10 days of prayer and fasting and just seeking God's face for our nation uh, during these days leading up to uh, um, Yom Kippur. So, yeah, that, these are these are becoming important days for uh, for the church as well. For the, uh, I think the church is getting back in touch with the, our roots that we yeah, are. You know, and as you know, I just uh, yeah. last Sunday evening and then Monday, uh, Monday was because uh, in the Bible the day started at sunset, of course. Uh-huh. But uh, that was Rosh Hashanah. Okay, Rosh, Rosh Hashanah, yes, we Ro- call it. Rosh Hashanah. So as that, we Apache call it, Rosh Hashanah, something like. That. Well, there they go. Those <laughs> Apaches, you know, they just do good stuff. What can yeah. they say? Right. Anyway, wake up, John. I am awake. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, the uh, but here's the interesting thing, and I had this. I mentioned this to somebody today. Now, look, this is not theological. It's just a time. Rosh Hashanah is is the biblical new year. Yes. And I, I talked to somebody, cause, and I said, and I was talking to him today, and I said, oh, how come Christians don't follow that? It's not theological. 
Uh, I know in the New Testament it says uh, Jesus is your Passover and all this other stuff, but it doesn't say he is the Rosh Hashanah. So, if it if that's the new year, by the way, remember the old rock and roll group Shanana? Uh huh. That means years and years. Okay. So, and by the way, several of them, like the lead guy, was Jewish. Uh-huh. That's where they got the title from. So, anyway, but I asked him. I said, "How come if we, with uh, at least for Christians, it's not theological? You don't have to say I'm being Jewish because these are not Jewish holidays." These are God's days, not Jews' days. As the, these, the Jews celebrate them, but they're not limited to the Jews. They're there for everybody. But I've often wondered, because we know that we've arbitrarily picked the Gregorian calendar, and we all know the story, and we say uh, January 1 is the new year. Well, that's a secular calendar. But I've often wondered, and do you have an explanation, why don't Christians acknowledge the biblical New Year, because it has nothing to do with theology, with the thinking the same religious idea of Jews or anybody else. These are God's holidays, not Jews. So what is your explanation for that, Sopa? you want to answer this? I don't really have an answer. I, I, I really don't. I've, I've, I just don't know how the calendars came about. I just was born in 1949, and that's just kind of the way I got started. And I, I, had the, I just used the calendar. Of course... Could it have anything to do with the calendar, new calendar starting with the birth of Messiah? I mean, with the life of Jesus uh, being Anno Domini, the year of our Lord in uh-huh. B.C. before well, Christ? Yeah, certainly. And the, and the Catholic Church wanted to organize everybody so everybody could be on the same calendar. So they used the uh, Gregory, I believe it was Pope Gregory, Gregorian. You know, he got that. Sure. And are you familiar with the term April Well, there 4th? you go. You're answering your own question. Well, no, that that's I'm not talking Well, that's. That's a secular kind of idea. I know, but we just went with it, evidently. I got you. So why, you ever heard the term, you asked me about writing on a wall, have you ever heard the term April Fool's? <laughs> That's good. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the Gregorian calendar, April Fool's. Okay. Well, actually, because there was one country that refused to go along with the Gregorian calendar. It was Israel, I'm sure. No, no, oh, no. no. It was France. Oh, how about and that? And they, and like on April 14th, 15th, they finally readjusted and dropped the two weeks and went back to the first, but they were the last to do it. Well, so everybody's referring to them as April Fools. As we, as we, <laughs> that's how they got started. Okay, I, I want to say uh-huh. that as we end our program tonight, did I want to point people to Daniel chapter 9, this incredible prayer of repentance. I mean, it is stirring. It is moving. I can read it tonight. I don't have time right now to read it in its entirety. Daniel chapter 9. Please start at verse uh, 4 and read it thinking of America, thinking of Ireland. Oh, God, hear your servant's prayer. For your own sake, Lord, smile again on your desolate sanctuary. Uh, and he asked God, he confesses the sin of his nation, of his people. And, and Daniel wasn't guilty of any of it himself personally uh, that we understand. But he confesses he, the sins of his nation and his people. And he asked God, oh, please, God, listen and act for your own sake. Uh, not He didn't pray because they deserve it, because we, uh, but because of your mercy, because for your name's sake. These are the reasons we should pray and the ways that we should pray for America and then uh, he went on praying and confessing the sin and the sin of his people, pleading for God to forgive them. And God sends a messenger. 
in chapter 10, a messenger comes and says, Daniel, God has heard your prayer. I, I just think it's so wonderful. Chapters 9 and 10. Would you like to Daniel. know what day of the year uh, this occurred on, this this great prayer? I would guess on the Day of Atonement. You got it. Uh, that would be my. Uh, it's Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement. How now, about that? fascinating. These words that he's using yeah. are even used by the Jews today uh, when they read the book. There's a book. On Yom Kippur. I hope still use these words. I want to encourage our listeners to read Daniel chapters uh, 9 and 10. They are so stirring. And if you want to pray for America, I think that would be a very good uh, outline, a very good uh, pattern to follow as you ask God to forgive our land, forgive our sins, and heal our land. When God's people do that, he promises that he will do just that for his own namesake. It is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture and is brought to you by Crew Military Ministry. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 930 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on the, the Bible, Bible Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and the Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help crew military minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.